Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the show. Great to have you along. Now, slightly left field topic today. We're not talking about technical matters or HR strategic directions or anything like that. I want to take you first to a movie I saw recently called Magnolia, which is back in 1999. Wonderful movie. And I saw it again recently. It's got Tom Cruise and Philip Seymour Hoffman, William H. Macy, Julianne Moore, all these wonderful actors. But kind of a theme running through that movie was you may be through with the past, but the past isn't through with you. And there's a wonderful soundtrack to that movie featuring Amy Mann. And she's got this line in one of the songs that says, it's not going to stop until you wise up. So wonderful movie. And you're thinking, Ben, what on earth are you going on about? But there is context to it and it can help you with your HR business. And to do that, I would love to welcome on today's guest. So Mimi Boyer. Mimi is French Canadian living in Costa Rica, I believe. So Mimi, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this. Yeah, great to have you along. And thanks for putting up with my backtracking of the movie catalog there and Magnolia and so on. But, you know, I just love my movies. So before we get into it, because there's a very specific reason we're talking about some of the programming and the, and the connections with business results a person may have today. But before we do that, can I just ask you about you and your business, which is called Happy on Mondays? Can you tell us a little bit about it and what it does? Absolutely. So I now help entrepreneurs with their identity to align with the version of them that achieves the results that they desire. My business is called Happy on Mondays because I believe this is truth. We should actually pursue what makes us most feel alive. And that's why I support entrepreneurs because usually that's the way to go when you're in business, right? You want to create your own destiny. And I started this business now in 2017. So it's been a few years now and went through helping many different kinds of entrepreneurs, but now more specifically around solopreneurs with their identity. And why is identity so important? Why don't we not just talk about words on a website and I don't know what ads to run, whatever it may be. Why is identity so central to it all? Well, I did work with a lot of entrepreneurs on their strategy. So actually building the business, putting pieces of the puzzle together, a foundation, a business plan, like starting their marketing, their sales processes, all of that. I've been there, done that. And I've learned a lot through it all because I could really help someone build the best strategy on earth. But if they didn't have the identity that matched the version of them they needed to be to hold that strategy and execute on it, it would just go into self-sabotage. So I started to be really interested in the difference between the doing of entrepreneurship and the being of entrepreneurship. And from that point on, I started digging and getting certified and all that jazz into the being of entrepreneurship, which is why I'm so fascinated with it. And it's also how I was able to get the results I've been having in my business has been like 99% based on the being. Yes, of course, you got to take action and do some certain things and have a strategy, but the being is really what makes everything stick. Yeah, absolutely. As you were saying that, it kind of triggered recollections of businesses that worked with solopreneurs and businesses and the personalities that drive those because 
all the time. I see someone who will sell some sort of HR service and they'll charge $400 for it. And then another one will be 40K is our entry point. And the services are not that different, honestly. So it's just so powerful, the kind of stuff we're talking about. So can I turn now to, you sent out an email to your mailing list, which is an excellent marketing tactic, let's say, but the thinking and the identity and the the whole process behind it was a fascinating story to me. And it was connected to the Magnolia stuff that I was talking about. You may be through with the past, but the past isn't through with you. Can I ask you to sort of describe what you were talking about in that message and then sort of connect it through for people listening to this? Yeah. I love that I started to just express my geekiness and just share <laughs> how I dissect things, you know, how I dissect my own mind, my own identity. And I started sharing that with my audience. And I love that you also vibe with this. <laughs> and that's why you reached out. It's really awesome. So in this specific email, and by the way, this is in my newsletter now, is I share tools and really weird analysis basically of the mind of different entrepreneurs, whether it's myself or people that I work with, my clients. And this specific email was all about dissecting your family tree. So you're actually your upbringing, right? So your family from both sides, mom and dad, and their families to understand what patterns were created based on their story, their specific experiences of life. And so in this newsletter, dissected my own family tree by talking about their upbringing of both my grandfather on my grandfather's side of my mom's side, and then same thing with my dad's side. And there was a lot of really interesting things that I was able to pull and I was able to connect the dots with certain realities and results or lack of results happening in my business now based on those stories of the past. Yeah, absolutely. My son at school, they have a special fun day and he's in charge of getting a large jar full of sweets and lollies. And I think they have to count how many are in there. And that sounds a lot of fun. But to me, when I heard this, I had almost a mini panic attack in my head because when I was his age at my school, I dropped the jar. Sweets and glass smashing everywhere and bouncing around. And so my reaction was, oh my gosh, be careful, be careful, not have fun with it. So as I say, silly little side anecdote, but these things have such power, don't they? They really do. And our patterns are basically created in our mind between the age of zero and seven. Those years are like the years where we're basically like a sponge, like our subconscious mind is wide open. So everything we witness is becoming truth. It's becoming like the story that we hold in our mind and it determines our behavior and how we react to certain things, certain triggers. So for you, that was that jar. It meant like danger, do not approach. (laughs) And that is like a silly example, but this can have profound impact on our results as entrepreneurs to this date in adult. Absolutely. How do you apply that for someone running a business, a solopreneur or running a small to medium business? How could this manifest itself? in the day-to-day? So I think a great way for me to explain this is actually through an example. So Mm -hmm. if I take back my analysis of my own family tree, we're only going to take one side just for the sake of this podcast. So let's think of on my mom's side, we're going to talk about her family. So on my grandmother's side, she basically grew up without a dad. So 
her dad passed away when she was 12 years old. So she was really craving a masculine figure, right? She was idealizing her dad that had passed away. And her mom's sadness was so big that it actually brought her into dementia. So my grandmother grew up with no dad, basically, and a mom that was, you know, completely overwhelmed by the sadness. And so she grew up with that feeling of like idealizing the men in her family because she didn't have it. She craved that, right? So the way she translated that into my mom's upbringing is that my mom was growing up with two brothers and my grandmother made her cook and take care of them and really basically be their maid. So she had to be devoted to the men in the family because of how my grandmother grew up. And so the belief behind that was like, in order to be recognized and love, you got to be of service to others. You have to work hard for others. You have to be of service to all the men. That was ingrained in my mom's upbringing and therefore transmitted in the womb to me. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have brothers and I didn't have to do this. I didn't have the same upbringing as my mom, but it actually translated into a belief that Again, for recognition, you need to work hard. So how this materialized in my business is that every time I created a new program, a new coaching program for my clients, I always felt like it was not good enough. It was always like, oh, well, I need to find something else to add. I need to add more. I need to serve more. I need to give more. And so I would add and add more content, more opportunities to have calls with me, just I was creating so much complexity, both for myself and for my clients. And it resulted actually in a poor customer experience. So instead of serving them better, I was actually overwhelming them with too much. And so this is how for a few months, I kind of like plateaued at the same level of income because I was stuck in that pattern of trying to over deliver and feeling like it was never enough, right? And so I was complexifying the business so much that supporting more clients was just not even something I could think of right now. It was already so heavy to support them the way I was supporting them. So I was blocking myself, self-sabotaging subconsciously based on a belief that wasn't even mine. That was actually my grandmother's that transmitted that to my mom that then transmitted that to me. Wow. How do you identify that? And then secondly, how do you break through that? Yeah. So the way to identify that and the way I educate my clients all the time is you got to be a scientist of your own mind. You got to be able to dissociate yourself from just what you're experiencing. You got to really have the tools and understanding how your mind is wired so you can look at it just like a scientist would look at a subject and kind of like pick it apart and make sense of it, right? The first is like awareness, but most of us don't have that. And so our subconscious mind is running the show because it's basically 90% of what we do is subconscious all the time. And the 10% is conscious. So I'm trying to bring more awareness to our subconscious programming to the conscious mind of my clients so that they're more aware of it and they can start to have this awareness and dissect it. So that's the first step is understanding it having tools to dissect it. 
And then once you have that, how do you shift it? Well, sometimes just the awareness alone is huge in a matter of like shifting it because it makes you think like, wow, I've been complexifying my business big time. And that's not even mine. Like that's not even my reality. It's not truth. Okay, what is my truth? Let's shift the narrative. Let's shift the story we decide that we want to subscribe to. Okay, so instead of thinking that in order to be recognized, I need to work hard for others, what would serve me best? What new story do I want to believe in? Okay, I want to believe that I'm worthy and that my work, just the way I'm showing up, is worthy and is enough. Cool. So create a new story and then start gathering proofs that back that story. And start rebuilding that pattern in your mind by shifting and gathering more proofs so that it solidifies it. Does that make sense? Mm. I can see you doing that for others. How did you manage to do that for yourself? Well, a lot of years of studying the mind, first of all, and studying it. But at first I was studying it like a student that just wants the knowledge. But I started really applying that knowledge to my own specific example, my own life, my own reality. And I was frustrated. I was like plateauing. I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like I have everything to succeed. And if I look around me, others have succeeded and I don't have anything less than them. Like it's not like something is missing. No. So there must be something I'm not seeing. It's the being, it's the, like the mind, there's something, right? Their attitude, their characteristics, their identity. Okay, now let's look at me. I did my own work on myself to be able to do that. So someone listening to this, they're thinking, okay, I understand that. If I can identify, shine a new light or a different light to find the real me, the identity that serves me best. And I love that phrase that you're complexifying stuff. So to decomplexify stuff, what's possible on the other side? You're talking about plateauing, hitting ceilings, things like that. What is possible if you do this work? Well, then you remove all the ceilings that you created for yourself, like all of the ceilings and the box that you trap yourself into with those beliefs and those patterns. Once you start understanding them, you can start like removing them and then the plateau or the ceiling doesn't exist anymore. Therefore, like some of my clients did 10x with their businesses. Some of my clients decided that the way they were operating wasn't working for them. They sold their business, made like half a million dollars, started a new business that is aligned with their truth, with like their worth, with what they love to do. And now not only are they thriving with that business, but also by doing that type of identity work, some of them attracted the love of their life and got married this summer because of it. Some people lost like a bunch of weight because of it because of the identity that they were stuck into. So it has such a profound impact on, honestly, all areas. I do focus on like the business areas, but it ends up having like a total like, you know, impact on everything. I can imagine. So you say you focus on the business areas, but it's not necessarily about growing your hair long and buying a motorcycle and quitting your job or business, is it? It's No, no, no. It's being able to... Look at your business and the challenges that are happening in the business, right? Where your blind spots are. And through the mind, it's almost like you're you're now having like a deeper, profound vision 
on what's actually going on behind the scene. So it's like a matrix. You see surface level, here are the areas of the business that are not working, quote unquote. Okay, cool. This is great awareness. Now let's look a level deeper and apply the filter of the mind to see how the mind is actually impacting those areas. That's what I do with clients. We yeah. kind of like look at it from that point. And then we fix or we work on the mind and we realign a few things and then it has the impact on the business. I joke, I guess, in saying about the motorbike stuff, but I have seen this in practice, even at the start, how I was saying that the two different consulting firms side by side, one will go in cheap and give away work for free, whatever it may be. And another business doing very similar stuff, charging probably 10 times as much, but also for higher levels of clients, not necessarily in volume or price, but just enjoyable. Personally, I've done work in this sort of area and the clients I get are awesome. Like they're fun to work with. They like trying stuff. They want to grow and develop. I personally have seen not just yet that the ceiling come off, but there's greater potential, but it's more fun. It's more enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. And a great way to like see it in a material way is through pricing. So you're right to say like the worth, right? Someone that owns their worth is going to price higher for the same level of services. That's like an easy way to like witness this with our eyes. But then when you think of the way they're enjoying their work with clients is ultimately is like, are they showing up to this relationship in their full power? Or are they like not feeling in their power? Therefore, they're like kind of playing small and therefore the energy exchange between the client and them is imbalanced and it's making the work actually painful and not enjoyable. So it's all in that like dynamic as well. And this is true in relationships with business, so client relationship, but also in romantic relationship, friendships, relationship, mm. everything, right? And I can imagine it. There's no one true identity. It's not one perfect outcome that suits everyone. Everyone's different. So some may realize, you know what? I've been playing it safe and I really want to go big. I really want to have a big team and be center stage. And others might think, well, I already have a big team, but it's not what I want. I'm doing lots of busy stuff. I want to pull back and just focus on some core areas. So am I right in thinking that there's not one simple answer for everything? It's about trying to find the core what drives you. Absolutely. And that's why like, I work with entrepreneurs to create their custom future identity, future like idea of what that means for them. You're absolutely correct. Like there is no one way. That's also something I despise with the personal development field at times is that a lot of people launch books on like the identity of success. You know, it's like a biography about this person that made it, whatever, in whatever field. And that worked for them. Their habits worked for them and their characteristics helped them achieve whatever they have achieved. But it will look very different from each individual. You cannot say that there's a recipe for success. Absolutely not. But you can definitely see when someone is playing small and they can really like step into their greatness by working on a few things in their mind, in their own subconscious. Absolutely. So what's your advice to people listening to this now who are thinking either on the self-sabotage side of things, like I think back to early days that I remember there were some clients who who owed money or we didn't invoice them in time. And so it was our fault. And so I was scared to ask 
for invoices and you know and also on the sales side just asking for sales or being more public in marketing or business growth sort of stuff that's self-sabotage sort of stuff on the flip side is trying to find what really truly suits the person what's your advice to people listening to this on sort of the the holding back and the pushing forwards side of things and what should they do next so the first thing is to recognize that changing their behaviors or trying to change their behaviors hasn't given them the results that they want. Most people stay stuck there and they're like, okay, if I just figure out the habit I need to implement to start having that success, or if I just figure out the strategy that will work for me, or if I just have the perfect sell script, now I'm going to close. So they're mm -hmm. trying to change their behavior and they can go on and go on and hustle and burnout in that phase of just trying so many things and be like, you know what? Screw this. Like it's not working. And they can give up easily at that level because most people will try to make changes at the behavior level, but changes will really happen at the identity level. When you shift who you're being, it has a trickle down effect on your beliefs, your values, and therefore on your capabilities, therefore on your behaviors that's when the results change. And so it's like a moment where if you've been in that spiral and things are just not working, you got to like pattern interrupt yourself and be like, okay, pause, break, take a deep breath. Okay. It's not that. What is it? It's at the identity level. Let's look at who I've been being through this whole journey of entrepreneurship. What's going on right now in the way I'm showing up for this business? And be willing to face yourself in the mirror, like with truth, like real conversation with you and see where are the areas where you need to work on. I personally know it took me a while to be able to do that. And I have like all the levels of certification, like I learned so many things about the mind to be able to do that to myself. So if you are not in that position where you do not have that knowledge, I highly recommend before you decide to give up on yourself, I highly recommend that you actually consult with someone who has that background that can help you see your blind spots in terms of your identity, of what needs to shift behind the scenes. The part that's very unknown of your subconscious that's operating on autopilot that you do not necessarily have awareness over. This can have a profound impact on your business. Mm. You're going to be mind blown how quickly things will shift if you tackle the identity. I love it. And yeah, I can echo those sentiments. And I think my thing to add to that is that in my own situation, I read lots of books and did courses and things, but they were never quite the same as getting in a coaching or support at that sort of the personal level. So I'd highly recommend you do that. And if people did want to get support from you, Mimi, and trying to find their correct or true identity, what should they do next? So if they want to get in touch with me, the way I work is I have like a newsletter where I give a lot of value. So if you want to get a sense of who I am and what's my vibe and geek out with me, then subscribe to my newsletter. Now, if you're like, okay, I know that there's something I'm not seeing that is blocking me then book a strategy call with me. I have a consultation call where I want to have that real conversation with you, determine what I can see. If I see I can help, then we can evaluate taking part in my program that I have or my one-on-one -on -one coaching. 
Excellent. And that's remote, you know, so people in any location can do that. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Awesome. So as I said earlier, I'm on that newsletter list and it is excellent. And there's always something to think about and, you know, challenge yourself, which is great. So yeah, thank you for what you're sharing so far, Mimi. And thank you for what you've shared today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It was awesome chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.